Tonight on Rogue Padron, Kit and Lormat to the rescue, Corin's big discovery, Codename Behemoth, Good Help is Hard to Find, Even the Spider Webs are Slender, a must-win, <laughs> no-win scenario, and all of the secrets are revealed. I am so sorry I spent three books lying to you. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. listeners and welcome to season three mission six of rogue padron this is the last episode we have to go over the chapters 32 through the end of x-wing the kratos trap but before we get into it quick reminder of your hosts and since everyone's been kind of super potter rereading crazy (laughs) if we were on a quidditch team that's that's harry potter just to clarify yeah, Harry yeah. Potter, the only Potter I know. <laughs> <laughs> really? That's the only one? Yeah, I don't know anybody by the last name of Potter, or the first name of Potter. You either. gotta get out, Meg. No, I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> so if we were on a Quidditch team, we have Saf, Rogue Seven, who would be the Seeker because she's so small yeah. and tiny. Yes. I was like, big bit of Sam the Seeker. I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm so happy. I got you, girl. We have Danny, Rogue Six, who would be our keeper. Yes. yes. Yep. We have Heath, Wait, why? Rogue Three. Yeah, we need a reason. Wait, why? Just because. Staff <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> at least gets to be Danny tiny and small. I don't Danny know. I just You're dependable. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. We, I trust you being at those hoops. Don't worry about it. <laughs> And we have Heath, Rogue 3, who looks like a chaser, but is actually a beater, because he would just totally wreck someone with one of those balls. <laughs> so many balls. So many of them. <laughs> and wrecking, I'm wrecking people with the balls. <laughs> yep. That's Heath. <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, and I would actually not be on the team, but be the one announcing it, and be absolutely biased in my judgment. It's so true. Yes. So, we have a lot to cover today, as I revealed in the overview, that a lot of secrets are coming out. So we're going to skip our traditional Rogue One or other question and go straight into the chapter discussion. So when we start, we have Noir Ven in a tap calf called Hut Haven, which I don't (laughs) know what kind of cafe that is. I want to be a regular there. I want to go there, yeah. I want that to be a place where I walk in and the person says, will it be the usual for you? (laughs) But what's the usual? (laughs) Don't worry about it. Okay, I won't. It it involves the underbelly of a hut. It's fine. Oh, Oh, Danny. I'm afraid of. (laughs) Danny. Danny, why? (laughs) That's where it's fresh. So Noir is there. (laughs) To meet Heslilto, aka the better name of Lai Nootka. 
And he's there because he has literally no evidence to prove Tycho's innocence. And the prosecution has rested the case, so now it's all in Noara's hands. A cloak figure walks in, just as Corrin had described, and comes to sit with Noara. To his surprise, it's not Lainutka, but Kitten Lore. Whoa. Whoa. What? Kitten. Kitten Surprise. <laughs> I didn't believe it was Kitten, by the way. Really? You actually thought it was Lainutka? Well, I didn't I didn't know who it was, but like the last time someone thought it was Kiritan Lore in a cloak, it was Corin like mistaking it ended up resulting in Tycho getting put in prison, so I just kinda figured this was his doppelganger again. Right. Nope, it's the real kitten lore. And he agrees to testify on behalf of Tycho as well as provide evidence of his identity and give information on where he was at the time of his supposed meeting with the captain. To sweeten the deal, he'll also provide the Elder Kraken with information on all of the spies and agents hidden on Coruscant. In exchange, he asks for immunity from all of his crimes, one million credits, a new identity, and a way off of Coruscant. He gives Noara a sample of his blood, which was very dramatic with the talon piercing. So they yes. can check his identity, and if it returns positive, Noir will hold a press conference to give the secret passcode, I am very confident, supremely confident, that we will win, to signal Kitten to arrange a pickup. He asks that he and Iella come to get him because he knows they won't betray him. Kitten gives him five hours to get the job done. That was a totally unreasonable request, by the way. Yeah. Because it was like it's the hard. middle of the night when this happened, and he's like, yeah. "You have five hours." And it's like, "Dude, everyone is asleep. <laughs> Everyone's super <laughs> asleep. Not how this works. Wait until tomorrow, Jesus." No, you have five hours. <laughs> <laughs> this whole oh. thing had me very confused because, like, Kitten has been a royal screw up from like page one, and so I, I'm just used to him being a failure, and so I'm like trying to process the fact that this failure is bigger than all the others and that like to the point where he's scared for his life so i was like i was very skeptical of why he was suddenly like ready to give all this information because i'm just not used to not used to that yeah yeah i thought he was like playing them or something i was like he has he is a plot that's gonna ruin everyone right an ulterior yeah. motive i don't know if i'd give yeah. him that something that credit, he thinks but... is really clever <laughs> right <laughs> he thinks he has a plot but right. he doesn't actually <laughs> typical kitten <clears throat> back on Lusankia we have Corin hiding in a cabinet inside of a library on his scouting run of the facility he accepts two things number one he's underground and number two there's some kind of secret exit which honestly these are ridiculous Corin you need to work harder <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. His last resort plan is to just go down the garbage chute where he dumped Derricott's body. Good. He's look. He spends the time looking around all the places, and in one part, he assumes that Erisi would know a lot about fancy woods, and it was just weird. It was so weird. Corn was, was like really tripping here. It he made really a mental weird. note to ask Erisi what kind of wood it was, since he assumed she would know. Yes, because all rich people know wood. Right. Yes, that's what we were all thinking when we read that. <laughs> I I was. Oh, crazy. Okay. <laughs> oh gosh, you're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Welcome to Rome. <laughs> Saf caught up. Everyone. Hey, is this your first time here? <laughs> Have an eggplant. So. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Corin ended up in said library because stormtroopers are actually going as are actually doing thorough jobs and of ser- of searching and locking down the area. They come into where he's hiding, but although they check in the cabinets, they manage not to spot Corin. Corin okay. gets up. Okay. This was okay. when we knew, this right, Sam? When he was like, this, yeah, this was it. This was the point when I was like, oh my god, I'm right. Yep, because same. he was doing the thing where he's like, you don't see me. There's nothing here. And the stormtrooper was like, oh, I don't see him. Like, yeah. I, there's, no, there's nothing here. He like literally said exactly what Corrin was thinking. And it I was, was like, Corrin is using the force. This it was, was the moment obvious. when it went from a crazy crackpot theory to me going, oh my goodness, they're actually <laughs> going <real>. there. <laughs> it's, they're doing the thing. I could not believe this is happening. <laughs> I can't believe it either, but I'm so happy. Yeah. And I'm yeah, so impressed that no one managed to spoil this. <laughs> they almost did. We've been that talking was the about one it, like, comment every I had to delete. Okay, so uh, I think it's time for me to confess that I accidentally spoiled myself on this, but didn't <laughs> tell anybody. Heath! I know. You I know. played disbelieving of my theory very well. I know, I tried. So did I, though, so. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I shut you guys down real good. Hey, I stuck with it. I stuck with you it. Did. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you, Bay. Well, we'll have a lot but, more to say about this later, but just suffice it will. to say, this was the moment when my brain ex- started exploding. This was not the moment for Corin because no. he chucks it up to the fact that it's the last room on the floor and the Stormies are getting bored and sloppy. Corin eventually slips out of the cabinet and searches the room, hoping to find a way to escape. He comes across a blaster pistol hidden in a complete history of Corvus Minor. Corin lucks out and also finds a data pad that wasn't properly logged off from the last time it was used. And this is a good warning for your audience. Always probably log off of your devices when you're done with them, unless you want people seeing your search history. Just letting it out there. (laughs) Corin finds out. That they know quite a bit about what the rogues are up to, as well as Corin searching for his own status in the computer, which is labeled as an R1. Basically, he, he's unable to be brainwashed. He pulls up Tycho's f- profile to have his proof of treachery brought back to Wedge, and he sees the same symbol, R1, in which he is, goes, what? I don't understand what's going on. How could we be the same? <laughs> but... Corin thinks real hard about it, and he doesn't understand why Isard would do all of this to make him hate Tycho. It wasn't logical. He then <laughs> realizes that he's coming at it from a too strict of a point of view. Isard did what she did to get emotional rise out of Corin and to make him easy to manipulate, which 100% worked. They really need to stop thinking Isard's doing logical stuff. Because she's just, she's just mean. Yeah! She's logically mean. <laughs> so Corin checks the rest of the roster, but no one has any obvious notes of treachery. After pondering about it, he comes to the conclusion that the spy has to be one person in particular, but doesn't actually say who. Thanks, Corin. Yeah, geez. Super helpful. <laughs> Corin figures out that the bolt hole that he's looking for is hidden under the giant hologram of the Emperor. He takes a tunnel shuttle... He finds there to return and hopes for the best. He also has a little conversation with the hologram, which is silly. Yeah. Corrin's kind of lost it in that 
in the underground prison for a while. Yeah, he's yeah. gone a little nuts. He's a little nutters. It's fine. <laughs> Just a little nutters. <laughs> he's also grappling with the big realization that Tycho is actually not a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot to what process. What am I supposed to do? All of my hatred was in what is in vain. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't let yourself get so manipulated by women, Corin. Nah. <laughs> nah, Corin, yeah. Corin gonna Corin. <laughs> so back on Coruscant, we find out that Noir uses the proper passcode to let Kitten know that he has a deal with the New Republic. Lore goes and gives one of his underlings, Helvon, plans to authorize a military strike at the largest back-to-storage areas, one that's personally guarded by Voru's militia. They'll strike in time with the first witness on the stand, which they don't know, but Lore knows it'll be him. Edic calls Yella over to her office and fills her in on Kitten and that whole debacle. The codename for this mission is Behemoth, which is way too impressive for Kitten Lore. <laughs> Maybe they were using Behemoth to try and convince people it wasn't him. Right. Because they were like, people were like, Behemoth, can't be, can't be cute in law. He's, he's no. nothing like that. He's so not like that at all. Not deserving <laughs> of that name. Nope. <laughs> and Eric just says something about Kath that I particularly liked, and I likened it to probably how she likes her dates, which is hot, dark, and stimulating. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> really there's a lot Japanese. of devil entendres in the end of this book. <laughs> <laughs> there sure is. What was Stackpole so thinking about? Yeah. Oh, we're just getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting tired of this book and all the secrets. So the next chapter is starts off kind of mysterious. It's from a person's point of view that we don't know who's talking. and But we know it's one of Iceheart's spies. I totally and thought they, we were going to figure out who the Rogue Squadron spy was. Like, that, that's who no. was we were in. No. So like they've been building up to it, they've been building up to it. What a cool reveal this would be. It'd be so much cooler if this turned out to be the spy than if Corrin just randomly said the spy's name in three chapters. <laughs> nope, neither are true. <laughs> so this, this spy comments that Isard is starting to lose her cool. And we also find out that Han Solo is going to be leading a task force to hunt down Warlord Zinj, which will come in handy later. Isard asks her agent to have shooters in place at various locations around the city in case the mysterious target shows up. Surprise, slash no one is surprised. It's Flory Vero talking. He figures out that Lore is going to hit his back to storage and that Isard purposefully orders his troops around the city so they won't be able to, to defend it. And that will give any suspicion that might be in Voru um, be taken away from the Republic. Okay, so wait. Voru went to the New Republic. Yes. And convinced him that he was on their side, even though he's working undercover for Icehard. And then right. he went to Kitten Lore and convinced him that he was double crossing the New Republic to work with Kitten, even though he was actually double crossing, or even though he was actually continuing to spy for Icehard and double crossing no one? Yep. Yeah. Huh. I think I need a chart. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, and Isar's is just like, what ifs? I'm going to get all your troops dead because it's easier. <laughs> I'm going to right. get all your troops dead. Yep. I lost, I lost that. She's so eloquent. Straight away. <laughs> I'm just going to murder y'all. Bye. 
Basically, <laughs> Iceman. So basically, Voru has his his act together, which is his act is apparently screwing everyone over. Probably also Iceart in the end if he can manage. Let's see. So Voru isn't afraid of Iceart because hey, at one time he was a, in competition with the Emperor, and that's a pretty big deal. So although he still does what she tells him, he changes it so he has troops sent to troops sent to move his back to the safety. Voru tips off Borsk Fela that a terrorist attack will be happening. Dun, In the last dun, dun. part of this chapter, we have M-Trey, who wakes up Wedge to let him know that Akbar has ordered the rogues to fly cover on a mission to protect the back to storage. All of the rogues have responded to the mission except Noara, who is super busy, Wedge. He's if you so don't, busy. You leave him alone. He does not have time for this right now. Yeah, not living the life of a lawyer on a trial and a rogue is just way too much. <laughs> and it's like, come on, Wedge, it's your BFF. Leave him be. No, Corrin's his BFF. That's why he's been moping for the whole no. book. Ugh. No, thanks. Corrin is everyone's BFF Wait, when like... he's dead. It's I true. Mean, isn't, isn't Mirag supposed to be dead right now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, everyone's yeah. dead. That explains him being moping. Wedge is very <laughs> upset right now, okay? He's very lonely. <laughs> Only Gavin came to comfort him, okay? Oh, that's so true. <laughs> this, is, this is him just, like, passive-aggressively going after Noara for not coming to comfort him. Right? You should know better, Noir. I don't care if you're running a trial. Get up. Back in Lusankia, the or something that was once connected to Lusankia, we find out that the underground shuttle is apparently hella swank because Corrin got to shower and take a nap. Once the shuttle arrives where it needs to be, there are spider web walls, which is awful. <laughs> but the so worst bad. part is... All of the spider webs are also slender. <laughs> I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate how aware I've become of the use of that word throughout this book. Yeah, like yep. I wish Mike Stackpole just would not continue to objectify spider webs this way. <laughs> right? Let spider webs like, They're not objects, they're spider webs. Treat them like that. <laughs> All spider webs are beautiful, okay? Exactly. Stop imposing <laughs> our awful cultural standards of beauty on the spider webs. Oh, gosh. Spiders are actually awful. But anyway, Corn enters an old hall filled with statues of mannequins of Jedi, all of whom were vandalized. Corrin steals some of their clothes, and apparently we learn that Jedi wore uncomfortable fabrics on purpose to train their minds to ignore it. It's so stupid. It's so Jedi. <laughs> it's so... It's not, like... I I don't even think the Jedi would honestly do that. Like, it just sounds like bullshit. Someone made... Sorry. They're someone made up because they realized Jedi were wearing uncomfortable clothes, and they're like, oh, we have to make up a reason for this. Like, come on. Discipline. Just, come on. <laughs> also, the moment he, like, entered this hall, I was like, I know exactly where Lisa is. Right. Right. Like, nope. Yeah. Just because they sneakily mentioned it in the last book. Yeah. Like, oh. it, instantly, I was like, oh, that's why they, they mentioned the Jedi thing being closed off. Mm-hmm. And Meg was so sneaky when she mentioned it on the podcast. <laughs> I'm so smart. 
Corrin's eye catches on a matching medallion to the one that he usually wears. The Jedi Master wearing it is called Neha Halcyon, a Corellian Jedi who died in the Clone Wars. Hmm, There's a hologram shown of the ma- What? Halcyon. Halcyon. Is that- That's how I pronounce it, so that's how it's yeah. going to be pronounced. No, that's fine. I think we're just noticing that there is a certain name hidden in there. Yeah, there's a certain sentence. Oh, yeah! I waggle. Um, <laughs> the hologram shows the master with an apprentice, an apprentice that looks shockingly like Hal Horn. Oh my god. Oh. Of course, the projection won't play again, so Corn breaks the display and takes the medallion, the hologram, and the enclosed lightsaber that happens to have a silver blade. Suddenly, a door opens, and three figures clad in black enter into the room. They notice a funny-looking dummy, a.k.a. Corrin, <laughs> and he strikes on... You called Corrin a dummy. <laughs> yeah. He's so busy. <laughs> 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 Wedge is now briefing the rogues on their mission to thwart the Pal- Papa Palpatine counterinsurgency force. There is worry about access because speeders and swoops are smaller and much easier to thread through Coruscant streets, as well as how much collateral damage is acceptable. The fact is that the rogues need to stop this attack at any cost, because if they lose this back to center, thousands and maybe hundreds of thousands of beings will die. They do, they're all doing their best to evacuate, but they need to do what needs to be done. As the rogues are leaving, there's some cute PDA between Gavin and Asir, and it gives me life. And Asir hangs back to talk to Wedge, specifically about the talk they had regarding Asir's loyalties and decisions. She tells Wedge she was asked, asked to prepare a report that suggested their delay in the Alderaan system might have been a purposeful human plot. Okay, wait. She- At this moment, I finally realized what what Fela was trying to get her to do because he was like, <laughs> oh yeah, make a report that says it was human error. And I was like, yeah. that seems fair. I mean, it was human error, right? Like, people got, were wrong. And no, then no, right Sam. now, I was like, oh, Sam. they meant human error. Human error. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I totally just lumped everyone into humans and it was it was a bad move on my part. But now I understand. Like, <laughs> when it was being resolved, I finally understood what the problem was. Boris would be dismantling time. you piece by piece right now, Saf. <laughs> he could he could try. He could try. <laughs> Asir gives the data card with the only copy of the report to Wedge, and she asks him to dispose of it should something happen to her. If she come back if she comes back alive, she tells him that she'll do whatever he asks. She only takes orders from her superior officers. Yeah, girl. Yeah. And then Asir says something to explain herself, and she says, You've only ever asked me to fight and fly and possibly die. That I'll do for people I trust. Those who ask me to betray friends, well, they've shown that they don't want that they don't want me to be trustworthy, so they clearly aren't. Which and like you've only ever asked me to possibly die. Right, now that's fine. <laughs> but don't ask me to do something sketchy. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm so glad so great. she's got she's got strong morals, I like it. Yeah. So it seems great. I did not think I would end up liking a bottom this much, but it happened. It happened. There's one in every species. Yeah. So on the Coruscant streets, Yella is driving herself, Nawara, and Lore to a safe house for a deposition. Actually, that's wrong. She's actually flying them to the courthouse for deposition. Sounds like a good time. Yep. <laughs> Lore <laughs> hasn't given a full confession, just a data card with all of the dossiers on Imperial agents and promises to reveal the identity of the Rogue Squadron spy while on the stand. 
Lore says that Korn's murder is Isard, but the traitor orchestrated the deal. They arrive at the parking facility at the Justice Court with no complications besides Lore being a jerk and Ega Iela on. As they open the lift, Lore finally feels important because Isar deemed him worthy of an assassination, which, <laughs> oh my god, Lore, you need some self-esteem. Yeah, that's real messed up. Like, <laughs> this is real messed like, up. Like, I kind of just feel bad for him now. <laughs> yeah, especially knowing where this is heading. It's just, like, really sad. Yeah. This, is, this is almost tragic. Yeah. yeah. So, the shooter comes out of the lift screaming, die, Derricot, die. And Noir gets hit, and... I got Lord real, real scared for a second there. I was like, yeah. do oh my not God. take Noir from me. You do so, not I have do to it. Noir is probably, like, the most wounded out of all of the rogues. He has been hurt in every single book. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> what is this anti-alien? Had... Yeah, because first he goes... Um, he goes XO out of his space, out of his X wing, oh, right. and then he gets the mm-hmm. yeah, and then he gets the Kratos virus, and now he's shot. <laughs> Why Norara? He's like the most just out of all of them. Uh, I was like ready to throw the book across the room when he got shot because I thought that was it. Yeah. I hope that Norara. I hope that in every book Noara sustains some sort of like critical injury. And then when we get to the last book, he, like, trips on a rock and dies. <laughs> no! Wow. He dies? Danny. That's God. I wouldn't expect that coming from you. Exactly. It's totally unexpected. <laughs> Always the wild God. Always Danny, the wild God. why are you like this? I don't actually hope that, but I, my dark sense of humor would kind of appreciate it, I think. <laughs> Lore then realizes how crappy his life is as he remembers that what they weren't trying to kill him, they were trying to kill Derricot. Uh, oh, Lore. When they kill him, it's an accident. Just poor kitten Lore, man. Just rest in peace. I, like, when I was reading this... Genuinely surprised he, like, died. Yeah, when I was reading this, I thought this was both surprising and extremely anticlimactic ending for Kitten Lore, but now that we're talking about it, it's actually pretty much probably the most fitting way for him to go, right? It really is, like an afterthought. Yeah. Like, we just need to tie up this loose end right here. Uh. Which is exactly what this was. So Yella manages to dodge out of the way and hit the attacker with her blaster. As she goes after him, she realizes that it's her husband, Derek. No. Mm. Which, I was right about so something. Bad. Guys, away from this. Mm, I don't like it. Derek confesses to being broken at Lusankia, made to keep tabs on Derekot during his research, and then keeping tabs on Tycho during the trial. He lets himself die from his wounds, unable to live after what he's done, but he was able to fight enough that he managed not to kill. Iella and like set off a bomb that was that he was supposed to do well at least he tried like I'm really sad that this happened but also knowing that he didn't have a choice kind of makes it feel a bit bitter right A for effort Derek A for effort and then again we go back to Kin who ain't even mad that he's dying boy that was a bloody chapter yeah he comes to terms with the fact that not even his death was meant for him 
And his last thought is of Corin. <laughs> also very fitting. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Like how I imagine Corin's last thought will be about his father. Oh, absolutely. Of, of course. <laughs> oh my god. Of course. All no, Corin's last thought will be about Corin. Let's be real. Corin's <laughs> next to last thought will be about his dad. Right, right. <laughs> <clears throat> We now go to the skies above Coruscant, and Wedge is all too happy to be back in his accident with a clear mission. No politics today, just military targets to protect the city. There's lots of fighting, which we're just going to glaze over. And in the end, Wedge is great and is in pursuit of the bomb that's meant to hit the back to center. Yay, Wedge. Yay, Wedge. Next. So back to the dummy. Uh, I mean, Corin. And he ends up killing the agents who were expecting to find Derricot. So everyone just wants Derricot right now. He checks, and thankfully it seems that they don't have any alerts of their presence. Their outfits are not of Imperial design, and so we can assume that these are part of Vor's militia, the groups of three that he sent out at really random spots around the city. Corrin then comes to the conclusion that no moth would be able to hoard this many valuable artifacts, especially about Jedi. He finally realizes that the clocks here are set to Coruscant time. He decides that it would, wouldn't be out of the question to still be on Coruscant. He was so doped up and also naked that he could have been anywhere and it would explain why no one ever found Lysankia. It was hidden right under their noses. But It also kind of makes sense why they made such like a, a point to be like, oh, he's on a ship flying away from Coruscant because they were trying to throw everyone off of... Um, Looks like you're being on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. It doesn't explain the gentle vibrations. <laughs> Maybe it was just a massage chair or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably like the most G-rated answer we could give. <laughs> like, the rest are definitely rated R for now. At, at least R. <laughs> It's kind of a glaring plot hole, wouldn't you say? <laughs> not really. Okay. I mean, it's not that hard to, like, make fake vibrations. <laughs> <laughs> Do go, go on. on. Go on. I'm sure, I'm sure I said his ways. You sound like you're speaking from experience. Adam. She has the technology. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 Good talk. Good talk. Make save us from this. No, never. <laughs> Corin thinks about using the comlink to call the rogues, but then he realizes that it would probably be a terrible idea because he doesn't have the correct military like passageways, whatever. I don't know how comlinks work. So he instead calls someone he can trust to ask for help about returning from the dead. But of course, once again, Corin doesn't say who it is. <laughs> Come on, Corin. Okay, Corin, trust. We just don't know. No. Wedge continues to tail the airspeeder bomb. He's able to tell what path it's taking to the warehouse because it's so laden with deadly, deadly explosives that it can't fly too high. Thankfully, Wedge manages to target it and detonate it well before the back to center. Unfortunately, because this is the climax of the book, once the rogues are out of the frying pan, they're straight into the fire, and 36 TIE fighters are coming their way from the southwest. Wedge asks for data coming out of that area, and they find out that it's the Palace District, and Wedge can't believe what he's reading, 
a Beacon report that it's the Superstar Destroyer Lusankia. Oh? Yeah. <laughs> Why is that Superstar Destroyer named the same thing as the floating prison that Corrin is on light years away from here? Oh, it's so weird. How many yeah. coincidences could be in this galaxy? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you asked that, but so many. <laughs> so many. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the back in the Justice Court or whatever it's called, we have another Akbarism. <laughs> the Justice Court. Just to clarify, in this court, justice happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Only just, in this one. The other ones, not so much. Yeah. Just this is the Justice Court. <clears throat> but Akbar says even the most simple voyage can be ended by an anticipated wave. And the court session has been abbreviated because of what happened in the parking facility. Noir is critically injured, and the witness that came for and since he's the witness to came, who came forward to prove Tycho's innocence was murdered, they really don't have anything to do. I like Tycho, how we're just like not even acknowledging the Akbarisms anymore. That's just real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just real. Tycho doesn't want to just wait until Noir is healed and asks if he can represent himself. Eddick mentions that none of the witnesses are available because all of the rogues are off and, like, doing a job. Whistler pops in and beeps that they do have a witness available, and Tycho says he can testify in his own behalf. Eddick what does goes droid know about law? Yeah, that this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Which, the prosecuting attorney should not be the one to tell you that. I was gonna say, yeah, Eddick is being very generous towards Tycho here. Yeah, yeah. She yeah. could have been like, "Yeah, sure, teach by on your own. It, it's a good idea. It's a that's a great, great that's idea. A great idea for my case. Yeah. <laughs> really good idea." Whistler agrees that this is stupid and is continuously, <laughs> excitingly beeping. It sounds M-tray. like my life, right? Amtray, the only one who can understand him, is confused about what he's spouting. Before they can get a straight answer out of the tiny droid, a voice calls out from the doorway. Akbar is shocked. It's impossible for him to be there. But guess what? Rogues do the impossible, and Corin has a dramatic entrance. Ah. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> of course he does. Of course he does. Not as good as, like, Aragorn coming through the hall, but still fine. I think Corin would disagree with you there. Corin's wrong about a lot of things. Fair. <laughs> Yep. The Lusankia continues to emerge from the ground, wrecking everything that has been built above it. So this is like a hundred square kilometers of city. It manages to shoot a hole through the lower shields to prepare for its escape. The remaining ties start heading back to Lusankia to dock, lest they be killed or taken into custody of the New Republic. The rogues continue to pursue the ties as long as they are safe enough from the Super Star Destroyer. The Lusankia makes it through the planetary shield, and Wedge tells the rogues to break off. Erisi, however, continues to pursue the tie she's targeting. Rexman gets damaged as she destroys the tie, and is about and is caught in a tractor beam from Lusankia. Oh no, Erisi's she... going to get captured. I as mean, she calls for I'm help. sad about that, but I'm much more sad about the fact that an entire Ithorian village was blasted into smithereens, <laughs> and Meg didn't even think it was important enough to mention. It wasn't a village; it was a gar- it was a Ithorian style garden on a skyhook. Wow. Yeah. It so there could possibly Ithorian be zero Ithorian paradise. There. 
Okay, fine, maybe so. Because you know how rich it's people are. probably rich people. Yeah. Close they were stolen. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Okay. Meg, Meg just went savage <laughs> on Danny's reading <laughs> comprehension. <laughs> because I knew, I knew you were going to so, mention something about it. That was, you were so quick with that. <laughs> no, here's exactly what it said, Danny. <laughs> Do you think Meg yes. has a second set of show notes that are just for her, where she anticipates <laughs> all the points we're going to make throughout? Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I make a lot of notes, so... It's not out of the question. <laughs> okay, yeah, also, wah wah, Eresy. Yeah, oh, so yeah, she calls for okay. help, and Ga- and Gavin's like, Wedge, aren't we going to help her? But Wedge is like, let's go home. <laughs> and-, <laughs> and that's when I knew... Yep. Yep. Course, I mean, I knew the moment she kept going, and I was like, yep, I know exactly what's going to happen there. Because Wedge says, just because we can do the impossible doesn't mean we always win. True. So back in the courthouse, the prosecution reopens their case, and Edit calls Corrin to the stand. On the way, he stops to trade medallions with Whistler and apologize to Tycho. <laughs> of Tycho... course he... Wait, can we... <laughs> of course that's the first thing he did. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... There are some really important things that have to happen pretty immediately. <laughs> but yeah. First things first, let me get my medallion back. <laughs> Corin. Then I'll apologize to the man who's on trial because everyone thinks that he murdered me. Corin, you have time to do that. <laughs> Whistler's not going anywhere. <laughs> no, first uh. things first. Gotta trade my medallions. Tycho, being the best ever, accepts the apologies and insists Corrin isn't indebted to him. We find out that M-Tray's shut-up protocol has been fixed, maybe on behest of the Elder Kraken, since they exchanged significant looks. (laughs) (laughs) Once on the stand, Corrin starts to explain about Lusankia and how he came to be in the position and why he knows that Tycho and himself have not been brainwashed. Corrin could reveal... Before Corn could reveal who he figured out the spy to be, one of the Elder Kraken's aides comes in. They all pause and move to the balcony to witness Lusankia leaving the planet. Wedge, at this time, calls Akbar to let him know that they are refueling before going after the Super Star Destroyer, as well as letting Akbar know that Taika was not the traitor and he finally has proof. Akbar asks who, and Corn answers for Wedge, it's Erisi. Look who was right again. It, it was Seth. Seth was right again. <laughs> no matter how many times I shot you down. I know, I kept going. I just, I kept with Believed. it. And I'm still I not, had... ru- I'm not ruling M-Tray out. <laughs> still, <laughs> still shifty. I'm not ruling him out. <laughs> it makes me sad because it means that the reason we haven't seen anything of Rosati is not because she's a spy, but literally, like, she just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. which is really I sad. I was trying to explain. I was talking to one of my friends who's read like all of the rogue books like ages <laughs> ago, um, and he was like, "Oh, wh- who's in the team at the moment?" And I was like explaining everyone. And I was like, "I think I forgot someone, but I can't remember who." And <laughs> so it was like, "Oh, it's Rasadi," because the book never mentions her. <laughs> yeah, she's literally just brain tail arm candy. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Well. Wedge overhears this and he's like, who's that talking? But he goes on to explain that he's added subroutines 
subroutines to all of the X-Wing astromechs. The damage that Ercy reported wasn't confirmed by her droid, so she went willingly into the Sanctum. Korn adds that she was in the right position to tip them off about Brojace as well as sabotage Korn's headhunter. Okay, the back- but plot oh. hole. Why was she so thirsty for Corrin? Why not? <laughs> it seems like everyone's thirsty for Corrin. I guess she's just another one. Like, was that part of her mission, do you think, to, like, get close to Corrin? Or was she really just... That was just genuine. So, two two possibilities. One is that it's genuine, and part of that can be... Um, can be supported by how her by her treatment of Mirax. Mm-hmm. And the other one is that she, maybe she noticed how much interest Isard had in him. And Erisi is probably the type of woman who wants to compete with other women, to be the superior woman, and decides to, su- to seduce him first before Isard could get her talons into him. Which is funny I- because by the time Isard meets him, she's just like... You're kind of the worst. Why are people so into you? <laughs> You're so useless to me. <laughs> so those are those are kind of the two theories out there about Erisi's weird Telvoon feelings about him. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing full-blown evil Erisi in the next book. I hope that um, we get to see that a little bit. Yep, there's another book. They discuss a little bit about why Erisi would do this, and... The resounding theory is that the Bacta cartels were formed under the Empire, and it was possible her family was worried that they'd lose their monopoly should the New Republic come to power. So once again, we learn that all the people on Typhara are just greedy, greedy bastards. Yep. Yep. It's a good thing <laughs> all the cultures in the Star Wars universe have very nuanced and not all just stereotypes. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> The Lysankia makes it past the Golan defense platforms and goes into hyperspace. We also find out that the Elder Kraken knew all along that Tycho <laughs> wasn't the Rogue Squadron spy, but he still wasn't sure that he wasn't an Imperial agent in general. M-Trace shut-up protocol was a plant, and it gave Tycho access to anything he needed as a spy should he be one. But the Elder Kraken knew that he wasn't in the end because he never used this function incorrectly. Interesting. They continued the trial to lull the real spy and Isard into a false sense of security. The fact that Isard tried to frame Tycho also pointed to his innocence. If he was still valuable to her as a Lusankia agent, she would have framed someone else and allowed Tycho to continue on whatever mission that she had been she had assigned him. The Elder Kraken had a plan to restore his reputation with the public and the military. It was always his plan to let Tycho go, but Korn's reappearance makes it a heck of a lot easier. Okay, but what if what if his mission had just been to kill Corrin, and she was like, okay, he's done now, and so that's why she didn't try to frame somebody else? Like, I mean, that obviously wasn't what happened, but what if that had been it, and the Elder Kraken would have been like, yeah, she's not trying to save him, so obviously he's not the person who did it. Well, at the time, the time that Taika was brainwashed, no one knew who Corrin was. That's true. That's he hadn't true. joined the Republic yet. So I think they could safely take that out as being his weird Lusankia mission. And also because most Lusankia agents end up dying very soon after they complete their missions. Just like Derek. Just like Derek. So now that all of those plot lines have been kind of wrapped up 
in a nice little package. We have the rogues doing their best to clean up the remains of the Papa Palpatine counterinsurgency force in the wake of Lusankia leaving. Corrin was able to help them crack the encryption on the data card Lore left and root out their storehouses because Lore is a creature of habit and apparently still does the same thing to encrypt his data cards. Which is based off the stock market and that is so boring. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true though. (laughs) The rogues are rewarded with the Star of Valor, the now highest honor that the government can bestow upon anyone. Wedge goes up. Do they to just keep it, it? like inventing higher and higher <laughs> honors? <laughs> like, the next time the rogues do something, they're like, "Oh, now we're going to give you the uh, seven-pointed star of honor, <laughs> which is the new highest that you can get." You're great. Thanks. You're the greatest. Thanks, Wedge. Wedge goes up to accept this award on behalf of everybody, and he makes a little speech. <clears throat> Which is, this citation is not just for those of us who stand here behind me, but really for all those who fought in Rogue Squadron. None of them would have balked at making the sacrifices we have. All of us, everyone in Rogue Squadron and the Alliance itself, have risked all that we have, all that we are to defeat the government that took joy in the sorrow and terror of its citizens. Winning this award, taking possession of Coruscant, these things are not ends in and of themselves. But blazes making the trail we must all tread on if the galaxy is ever to truly be free. Mon Mothma explains that they are unable to disclose a timeline that might make more sense of all of the crazy events that happened. They are still fighting, and there is still a need for secrecy. She does, however, explain how perfect Tycho is, and that Corrin won't stay dead. Yay. We find out that Isar fled to Typhera, where she now rules, with Flory, with Fleary Voru as her prime minister, I guess. This would be devastating for the people of Coruscant, if not for the fact that the haste to create Kratos made it weak. It didn't spread as well as Isard wanted, and its mutations let itself be susceptible to being cured. The Vratrix Verachen were able to produce a specific cure for it called Rykla. There'll be enough of it to cure everyone infected with Kratos before they run out of Bacta. So once again, I I feel like there were a lot of big reveals at the end of this book, but also a lot of like majorly anticlimactic endings to other <laughs> hanging plot threads. Like yes. yeah. this book is called the Kratos Trap, and then at the end they're like, Oh, it looks like the Kratos is actually fine. <laughs> That's the trap, Danny. Everything's fine. <laughs> Hmm. (laughs) maybe it could have been named better we also very casually find out that Mirak survived the Alderaan ambush because she was was never (laughs) meant to jump with them in the first place she she jumped straight to Borlaeus where they were producing Rykla if anyone questioned it she would made out to be a smuggler who just stole the Bacta and she would stay out of sight until the Rykla was finished when assumed dead, it was easy to just let people go with that. Mon Mothma, being the BAMF she is, closes with, Power in the galaxy comes from the free and willful investing of power by one person in another. Human and non-human, gendered or not, young, old, hale or infirm, we can only give power, we cannot take it. Stolen power evaporates, and when it does, the empires that were built on it and its collapse and of it will collapse, never to rise again. Mm. She's so Mm-mm-mm. good. Can't wait to see her in Rogue One. 
I know, right? There's a Rogue One shout out. <laughs> In the last chapter, it's a party! Wedge isn't really enjoying it, even though he has all of his friends back. I was gonna say, literally <laughs> all of Wedge's friends who died are now alive again. Like, how is he taking this? <laughs> but Wedge is upset! Because Yella's situation is awful, and she's blaming herself for not searing Derek's trouble. To make matters worse, it's Borsk who comes up, and he can't resist confronting Wedge about classifying a certain report from a certain rogue as most secret. Which, I love if this that. is most their classifications, secret. they should probably work on that. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most secret. <laughs> There's secret, secret, and then there's extra secret, and then there's super extra secret, and then there's right. mostly secret, and then there's most <laughs> secret. Mostly secret. <laughs> Gosh. Wedge remarks that it's for the best, because it painted Borsk in not such a great light, which would have made the, him go after a seer. And if Borsk went after a seer, the rogues would protect their own, no matter what. Force threatens Wedge about how he's already playing politics and he needs to get with it or things are going to be difficult for him. Wedge, of course, doesn't take kindly to threats, especially when it jeopardizes something that is just, a.k.a. the Vratrix joining the New Republic. But a surprise guest shows up to defuse the situation. Enter Luke Skywalker. Wow! Yeah! I got so excited. Ooh. Of course you did. You wanted to kill Gavin for him. (laughs) (laughs) Never forget. Yeah, I forgot about that. (laughs) How the turntables. Luke came to the party, but was especially interested in the Jedi exhibits Corrin found since he'd been searching the galaxy for everything he can get about the Jedi. Of course he was. Luke, you're such a stereotype. Yep. (laughs) Although Borst tries to... (laughs) Everyone here is a stereotype. (laughs) Krillians hate odds. <laughs> Although Borsk tries to charm Luke, Wedge can tell that he doesn't buy it, even when he plays along and commends him on the bravery of the Bothans for their sacrifices to get the second Death Star plans. Oh, God. Why do we keep bringing this up? That, that's <laughs> it's the his only little thing bit of his mother stuff. in him there. Ah, uh, yes. Being a good politician. The, politi- the yeah. politician that's in there. Luke meets Corrin and tries to return the lightsaber to him. Corrin returned it and the other medallion after the chaos died down. Luke tells him that it is his, as lightsabers are often passed through families. Neha Halcyon is his grandfather. What? 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 Luke explains a little story about how a Jedi Master, Neha Halcyon, was killed during the Clone Wars. His best friend, Rostic Horn took care of his widow and his son, and eventually Wait, married him. <laughs> <laughs> On the cob? Roastek. Roastek. Roastek, okay. Roastek. But we're going to call him Roasted Corn from now on. Roasted Corn. <laughs> roasted Corn on the cob. <laughs> married Neha's wife, which... Why did he have a wife if he was a Jedi? Anyway. Because this was written before the prequels. And also, Krillian Jedi, uh, you, if you read I, Jedi, Krillian Jedi have a very different perspective from the rest of the Jedi in the New Republic. I can just see it. 
<laughs> the Jedi <laughs> really Code says that you can't get married. Don't tell me the odds. <laughs> I mean, basically. After they married, Rostec used his position in Corsac to erase any connections to the Halcyon line to keep them safe from the Jedi hunters. Wait, does that mean Hal Horn was called Hal Halcyon? Well, no. Hal Horn's given name was not Hal. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. His nickname was Hal in reference to... Oh, yeah, that's right. Hal is a nickname. I always forget that. Yep. Yep. Actually... I'm sorry to every Hal I know that I forget your name constantly. Actually, I might have screwed up. Hold on. No, I'm pretty sure you're right. No, I mean, is Rostek his dad's name or his grandpa's name? His granddad's name. Okay, I was right. Yeah, okay, good. you were right. Roasted, roasted corn. <laughs> Luke offers corn to come train with him to be a Jedi. We see a splurge of jealousy from Wedge since the distance between him and Luke has grown since Luke pursued his Jedi heritage. And... I have to say that the term special friend probably birds 10,000 Luke Wedge fanfics. That sure was a way to put it. <laughs> Wedge called did, Luke a special friend. Did you take friend. any notes there, Staff? <laughs> I actually did not, even though I totally ship that. <laughs> it's pretty beautiful. It anyway, Corrin turns it down, determined to fulfill his promises to Jan, who is not the spy, and the other people he swore to protect. Wedge agrees that they need to go after Icehard ASAP. But once again, Borst comes up and destroys everybody's dreams, saying that it won't happen. The Provisional Council will never approve a strike against Typhara, and the rogues already have their orders to meet up with the Zinj task force. So what's the solution to this? All of the rogues resign and are dedicated to fight against Icehard. Thanks to Mirax's smuggling connections and to the money so generously donated to frame Tycho, they'll be able to take care of whatever supplies they need. Do or do not, Luke has to say. And the rogues decide to do. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and that's the end of the Kratos trap! So Ooh, I'm definitely it. disappointed that Corrin didn't decide to go off and become a Jedi with Luke. Not only yeah. because it means we'd get more time with the other characters in Rogue Squadron, but also because, God, I want to see Corrin training to be a Jedi with Luke. So, Corrin does go off to train to be a Jedi with Luke. What? Um, it takes place after the next book. While, so, oh my god, is it called I, Jedi? It is called I, Jedi. Oh my god. So that's oh how my I, god. That's how I accidentally so spoiled sense. myself. Yeah. Wait, is I Jedi about Corrin? Yes. Yeah. What? And I accidentally <laughs> oh. read a paragraph long synopsis about I Jedi. Oh. How have I gone And this saw that it was about that. Corrin, and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yes, so um, I Jedi, I Jedi has a really a really interesting timeline that it kind of covers a lot of the EU, um, has concurrent events that are going on that deal with other books. Like, some things that happen in it are also, are what happens in, like, the Jedi Academy trilogy. So, it's kind of a... I'm not sure when it was published in regards to everything else, but it's it's an interesting book timeline-wise. But once the rogues kind of close the chapter after the next 
book, um, and it kind of focuses on the Wraith storyline, Corrin is more free to go and discover his Jedi-ness. So after we finish book four, it's I, Jedi, Podrin time? Basically. (laughs) Although I really love the Wraith Squadron book, so I don't know. Yeah. I'm really excited for the Wraith Squadron book. Everyone has Everyone been. Everyone is very excited. Yeah, we, we can't postpone that. They're good. But... We'll save, we'll save iJedi for the courtship of Padron and yep. Leia. We'll, yeah. yeah, we'll do courtship of Padron and Leia. <laughs> Miscellaneous Padron. iJedi and all of those good one-shots. We didn't learn anything cool. about Hal. Or not Hal, about Jam. No. We will, though. <laughs> will we? Yeah. Is, is he Wiz Jensen? Is that his name? Get old Wiz. <laughs> Wiz? Wiz. 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 Why is my accent like this? <laughs> Wiz Jansen. Wiz, we haven't Wiz. even met him and he already has a nickname. <laughs> uh, we'll find out. We'll find out in the next book because remember, Corn's not going to leave them behind. He's going to save them. Yeah, we still got one more. Yeah. Coming to you next and- week? Nope, just kidding, in the fall. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Heath, do you have a response for us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so last week we asked you all what Asir was going to do. And in retrospect, it was maybe not our best question ever because we got one listener <laughs> response. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Thanks, Thank you, Nick. Nick. We appreciate you. <laughs> we love you. And if you, if someone else sent in one and I just missed it somehow, I'm very sorry. Send we appreciate it again. you too. We'll Not read as much it as at Nick, some clearly, point. But... but early returns show only one response. <laughs> 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 and Nick said that Asir will just say screw it and become Snoke, which is. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Actually, the best possible response if we're only going to get one. <laughs> I'm so glad that we only got one. Like, I'm not glad we only got one, but I'm glad it was that. I'm glad it was Snoke. <laughs> <laughs> and do you want me to do a quick note on the listener question? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, since we are wrapping up this book with this episode, and then during State of the Squadron, which we're recording in just a couple of days, you're not going to have time to send us a listener response. So we're not doing a listener question this week. And we're also not going to do a listener question during State of the Squadron because we're going on summer vacation. Um, Danny is going to be spending some time in the wilderness and unable to record. Um, So over the summer, we're going to maybe do a couple mini episodes here or there on the Poe comic, any Rogue Mm -hmm. One news that we get. But we're going to pick back up with our book reading after the summer. Yeah. And we'll let you all know when that is via Twitter and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And if you still want to chat to us on Twitter and other places, obviously you can. We still love you all, and most of us will still be around. So our Twitter is at RoguePodron. Our website is RoguePodron.tumblr.com, which we may keep going with exciting things. I don't know. <laughs> our email is roguepod at farfarawayradio.com and you can subscribe to us via the Far Far Away Radio feed on iTunes, Stitcher, FeedBurner or Google Play. So next time 
will be X-Wing, the Kratos Trap, State of the Squadron number three, as well as going over Poe Dameron number three. So that will be an exciting episode. And, and we'll have... we have one other little secret surprise for next week up our sleeves as well. Yeah, we do. Definitely listen next week. Yep. And with that, that secret. <laughs> I'm like, oh, go, what is the secret? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know what the secret is. <laughs> and with that mysteriousness, this is Rogue Padron signing off. Hash out. This, the secret is that Heath was actually a Jedi all along. <laughs> dad? 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 Dad, is that you? Can pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Danny, look what I'm doing. God, I'm like four more chapters ahead in Order of the Phoenix as I was when you started Sorcerer's Stone. I'll that catch up with you soon. You're such a fast reader. <laughs> yeah, and I'm leaving. It's literally all like I days, ever do. <laughs> so I will never get to read anymore after that. No. What about Cursed Child? What are you going <laughs> to do? <laughs> that comes out the day after summer camp is over. <laughs> Saf can't even hear the name of it without cracking up. It's what? that bad, huh? Um, it's something. It's something. <laughs> Oh, did yeah. you read like the spoilers? I read all the spoilers. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> did you read them, Danny? Nope, I'm holding off. Okay. Even though every single person that has read them has reacted the way that Saf has, <laughs> giggling. Yeah, like look at her; she can't even like, not be giggling. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just very unexpected. Okay. I did. I figured. Well, I'll I'll talk this after. I did hear one thing, and I'm like trying to rack my brain to figure out like how that figures into the story, but I won't say anything. I also saw one thing, and I was like, "That can't be real." But then I was like, "Oh, it might be real. <laughs> it, it's all real. I can promise you that." Okay. 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 It's real. Okay. All of it. Okay. All right. Let's pod the cast. Let's pod the cast. See you, nerds. Yeah. He's no match for your gay hand. little hands. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. We'll have to cut that little inside joke because no one will understand. <laughs> no, that Literally. was for us. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like a hundred, per- like ninety-nine percent of the show is for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, All right, well, I guess we'll see each other in, like, three days, huh? Yeah. yeah. I should, I should go buy that comic tomorrow. Yeah, me yeah. same. Oh, just wait till you see what's in the egg, Heath. <laughs> oh, my God. Do, do they reveal what's in the do egg? They, do they actually reveal it? They yeah, absolutely they do. The egg, and, it's just... and as far as I know, it's not a bunch of tiny eggs. <laughs> it's not. Okay. It's literally, is... like, not surprising at all, but also, like, totally WTF is happening. <laughs> is this where the Poe comic gets 70s weird on us? I don't know if it's even 70s. I would just call it weird. Okay. Oh my god, I'm gonna go find it right now because I really need to know what's in that egg. Alright, <laughs> like, go do I the thing. I need to know. <laughs>
Good. Go find the egg, Seth. I will. I will. Actually, no, I have to go podcast again. <laughs> uh, of course you do. 